Amazing things happen by the power of God here this weekend. Amen. So uh, I just want to introduce them again, and uh, you just want to stand up and wave your hand or something. We have James here. We have Alex. We have Rodney. We have Claudette. We have Diana. Who? Where's Dave? Is way back there. Yeah. Okay. Thanks so much for being here with us, team. Dave and I stood out and prayed against that tornado yesterday in the name of Jesus. And you know what? It didn't hit here, right? All right. So thank you, God. Uh, Alex is going to be coming and, and preaching the word to us in a minute, and we're so excited to, to hear what God has for us, uh, has in store for us here this morning. I just want to put in a plug for uh, each of you. This team came asking for, for no compensation whatsoever, just whatever uh, we can give as a church, and we have offering baskets in the back there. So if God is putting something in your heart to give this morning to help support this team and their ministry, I encourage you to see the uh, offering baskets back there. I think they're still back there. Are they back there? Yeah, there's, there's something back there. Anyway, uh, don't make your checks out to Newport Church. Make them out to uh, ANGA. Um, the, the instructions are back there with the basket. So I encourage you to give as God um, lays on your heart this morning. Alex, would you come? I want to pray for you. Let's pray uh, this morning. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I pray for Alex. I thank you for what you're going to do this morning. Lord, our eyes are on you this morning. And Lord, I pray that you would just anoint this team, that you would fill this team again with your Holy Spirit. We say, come Holy Spirit, would you come and fill this place, touch each person here, open our ears to receive and to put into practice what you are saying here this morning in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you. Good morning. How you guys doing? We are so excited to be with you guys. I, I want to thank the... Your, do you know how amazing your pastors are? We've been so well looked after. Can we just give them a round of applause? Our host home have been amazing. The food... The landscape, like, you know, I could consider living here, and I'm from Sydney, Australia, which is, I'll say, second best to Pennsylvania. Or maybe, <laughs> maybe it trumps it a little, no political reference intended. Um, but yeah, I, look, we, we, don't, we didn't come out here. Um, we, we're not taking, like, it's not a personal offering to us. Um, it, it all goes to the ministry. We don't do this for money. We do this because we love Jesus. And we're passionate about empowering. The, is this the youth? I'm excited for you this morning. Um, but, you know, there's a story in the Bible where Peter and John was walking and they saw a lame man and they said, silver and gold, I have none. And some people say he must have been a pastor. But <laughs> I believe that this morning we're coming not just to present the word, but we're here to empower you to live the life that God's called you to live. Amen. How many of you were here for the weekend, for the weekend equipping and training? Awesome, awesome. Um, if you weren't able to be here, we have a ministry training manual. So this is what we use. This is what, um, I'm from Global Awakening. I'm a student there. Um, this is what we use when we go on mission trips, when we do our practicum trips. Some of us are going to Brazil. Some of us are going to other parts of the States. And I'll be going back home to Sydney, Australia, and then coming back. Um, but if you weren't able to come, this is the best thing, the best investment that you can make into your life to be equipped and empowered to do the works. Because this is um, what we use, and we want to give this as a gift to your pastors. So this is for Pastor Alan and Julie. That's for you guys. And the rest of you can buy it, in Jesus' name. <laughs> but you know what? We had some amazing testimonies this weekend. How many of you um, 
This weekend, you came here, and you were 80% or better. There was a significant healing in your life. Can I just see your hand? Right there, right here. Can I ask, like, a couple of you to come up? And um, th this is the reason why. This is the reason why. How many of you love giving God the glory? All right. The rest of you will pray for you after the service. But the thing is, is that one of the ways that God gets glory is through the testimony. It is in us seeing what he's done. It increases faith in the room to believe that he's going to do it again. Amen? So I want to encourage those who were significantly healed and want to give God the glory to come up real quickly. Um, so those, those, who, those of you who put your hand up, I encourage you to come. How many of you um, who were here this weekend prayed for someone and saw them healed? Give me a wave. Come on, one, two, amen, and you too. So you got healed and you healed people. Come on. That's so good. That's really good. Oh, we got a mic? All right, cool. So um, I'm just going to grab it just really quickly. I want you to tell us what you were feeling before, what happened, what happened to you, and how, you and how it is now. Well, I was told I have arthritis in my right knee, mm. and it was painful to move it, and now it's not a problem. Come on. Wow. Wow. Praise God. Yes. You stay up here. Morning. Um, so mine, my first healing this weekend was more on a spiritual level for starters because there was a spiritual stronghold over my life for mm. a long time, which um, which contributed to a lot of the physical ailments I have. So wow. um, I I experienced some release of those Come on. Um, spiritual strongholds, and um, even this morning still. I'm receiving healing wow. on uh, certain physical problems I have. So, uh, for example, this morning I even had some more prayer, and my shoulder's getting a lot better. Wow. So Come on. Praise the Lord. Come on. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Were you the leg that grew out? Hmm? Were you the leg that grew out? Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, I would totally not believe it if it did not have happened to me, obviously, but um, I was having a lot of back pain and leg pain and sciatic stuff and there's my friends here she's a massage therapist she's massaged it she knows how bad it's been and um <laughs> sorry <laughs> that's okay get used to it girl <laughs> <laughs> anyway so diana was praying with me and she was holding i sat in a chair and she was holding my heels like her ha hands were pal the palms were out so she was not holding like pulling and as she's praying this feeling came over that was the most wonderful, glorious, but very freaky feeling. Because <laughs> I was sitting there going, what's happening? What's going on? What's going on? Because from like here to here, I could just feel like my leg growing. Wow. Like it was like, you know, and I'm like, what is happening? And Diana was getting all excited too because she's like, I could see it. I could see it. You know, and I just had this warmth, this very loving warmth across my lap and my legs. But I've also had a lot of spiritual healing because wow. I've really been struggling with things, mm -hmm. um, with an addiction problem. And Friday after I was here, I haven't really thought about it. Wow, you come know, on. It's just like it, I, I have not, I mean, it, it pops in my head and I'm like, no. Yeah. I mean, uh, with my, and I have, mental illness and I am just feeling 
Everything's falling into place. Come on. I am feeling so healed. Yeah. I, I mean, I am. I am feeling Come so on. healed. I never thought yeah. this could happen. Wow. I, Come it's on. just what I feel inside is incredible. And there's like so many people I have to thank at some point for leading me here. Yeah. Come on. You know, and one is my daughter. You wow. know, ever since she was a child, she's loved God and she has different times Good. led and. You know, mm -hmm. and I was said, and one of them, Rodney said something about 16 years ago, mm -hmm. and that's kind of about when things started. Wow! You know, where Come I was, was really st starting to walk, and then I'd fall. But she's you free know. now in Jesus' name. Yes, Come I am. On. Thank you. And is there any pain uh, when you walk? I am feeling good. I sat in preschool today when I was teaching my Sunday school class, yeah. and sat down with both me with my. I was like this. Come on! And I could not do that. Wow. Can we thank God for what he did over this weekend? While, while you guys are there, is there anyone, any of these testimonies relate to you? So is there anyone who has arthritis? Is there anyone who has, yep, could you just stand up? Anyone who has shoulder pain? Um, just stand up, go ahead. Um, and is, is there anyone, your um, testimony, uh, does anyone feel like, they have maybe uneven hips. That's causing. So maybe you uh, wear one of those things on your feet that help elevate. Yep. Okay. So, so all right. Let's just extend our hands to these people, and this is the reason why. Is that here's a little teaching moment for you, young people as well. Is that when you release a testimony, one of the ways that you can see God move again, is to ask people who are experiencing that to receive prayer. Because the testimony releases faith in the room that God is going to do it again. Amen? So, in, in the name of Jesus, we speak to arthritis. How many of you are experiencing arthritis? Just put your hand up. Can you go to one of them? Just go to one of them and go pray. How many of you are experiencing left shoulder pain or shoulder pain? Is that you? You can, go, you can go to them. And did anyone stand up for having uneven hips or anything like that? Right over there. You can go for her. Go pray for her. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your healing power. We command all arthritis to go in Jesus' name. We command all sickness and disease to leave the body. We command shoulders to be completely healed. We command, Father Lord, even the legs that are uneven, the hips, Father Lord, that are sort of out of function, those legs to grow out in Jesus' name right now. We declare your healing power over each and every single one of them in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I want you to go try it out. Just for 20 seconds, 10, 20 seconds. If, if it was arthritis and you couldn't sit down, I want you to try sitting down. If it was shoulder pain, I want you to move it around. If it was a leg or it, whatever the pain was, I want you to try and do something that you couldn't do. Because it is faith with works that makes it come alive. Faith without works is dead, right? So here's another teaching moment, young people is that if you're praying for someone with healing, how many of you go up to them and you go, bless you, pray for you, heal you, and then walk away? Well, sometimes we won't see the healing because it's, it is working, it is acting in faith that brings the healing. Amen? So everyone, everyone who was standing up, move it around. Move it around, test it. And if you are feeling 80% or better, I just want you to lift up your hands like this. You, come on, praise God. Come on. And is there anybody else? Keep trying it. Keep moving it around. How many of you received prayer 
and you're not 80% or better, but you feel like God's doing something. All right, let's just pray for them one last time. How many know Jesus prayed twice? We have people in missions teams that pray for five hours. Blind people healed after five hours. Why? I don't know. But we believe this stuff, and we're persistent about it. So those of you who believe that God's doing something, and even those of you who weren't completely healed, let's just pray again. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for what you're doing. I bless what you're doing. I thank you, Father Lord, for the sickness and disease that is leaving this room in Jesus' name. I thank you in Isaiah, you said you bore our infirmities. You were pierced for our transgressions, and by your stripes we are healed. So I just command healing power in Jesus' name over each and every single one of them. Amen. Now I just want you to give that one last try. Those of you who are prayed again, just give it one last move. Just test it out. If you're feeling 80% or better after that second prayer, I just want you to give me a wave. Is there anyone that's feeling that? Still moving you around? Okay. All right. Well, we're going to continue praying, and there's going to be time for you guys um, to be prayed for after. And we're believing that God is doing something. Amen? Yeah? I, uh, we just came from Philadelphia, and I um, had a word of knowledge about someone who was experiencing stomach pain right about here. And then so um, someone responded. I prayed for her twice during the service, and she wasn't healed. She comes back the next morning, and then she stands up just as about just as I was about to teach, and she says, this morning I woke up, and I had stomach pain, but I felt it drop like a baby, and all the pain left. Amen? Amen. So this is what I want you to know, is that don't be discouraged if you don't have your full healing right now. I believe that through the healing and through the prayers of faith that we're praying that God is doing something. Amen? You with me? All right, come on. All right, I'm just going to quickly pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in this place. I thank you, Lord, that you're breaking off fear. And I thank you, Lord, for where you're taking this church. I just ask, Holy Spirit, that you come in greater power. I pray that you'd increase your anointing. I thank you for words, and I thank you for healing, and I thank you for touching the lives of people this morning, that they would be forever changed. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Well, um, I want to invite James come up here real quickly. Yesterday, um, as our good friend James was teaching on deliverance, um, a tornado decided to appear itself in Elm, Pennsylvania, and he didn't get to finish off his message, but uh, what I wanted him to do is actually just share um, his testimony, and I know that most of you haven't heard it before, but it is a significant testimony, and there's an anointing on him for deliverance, and he's going to quickly pray, and there'll be time after the service to receive personal prayer but I want to hand it over to him just for a moment because I believe what he's about to say is really important for some of you. Even as you're coming up to that series, you're coming up, you know, we face addictions, we face strongholds. But how many know that Jesus came to set the captives free? Whom who he set free is free indeed, not free for the meantime. Amen? Amen. So, James, take it away. Can we give him a round of applause? Yeah. For those of you who weren't here yesterday, I, uh, I can get a little silly, but um, so this morning I was listening to what God was saying during worship, and I heard, well, I, I got like this mental image of 
when you shake somebody's hands, you know, sometimes you, you slide like a little bit of money or like a little thing. It's kind of like, you know, what spies do in movies. You know what I mean? Um, and, but I saw these two hands and then one, when the one pulled away, there was this little gold nugget. And it was like, well, what is this? And it's like, that is hope. And I really feel for the people of Newport Church that you guys are givers of hope. And that's sort of a message that has been on my life. And Alex sort of mentioned that because through most of my life, I didn't feel I had hope. Um, I had depression at an early age. Um, there's no real discernible cause. Um, I was later also diagnosed with post-traumatic stress um, at an early age. And it wasn't for many years of, of crying out to God of, you know, like, is this just my, my life? Am I just stuck here? And it wasn't until I was about the age, I was the age of 25, when all of a sudden I got some prayer and I was healed of depression. I was always on medication. I was in therapy for many years. And it was just kind of like, well, this is just dandy. I'm always here just talking about, oh, how I feel horrible, how I didn't like myself. I literally hated myself. And I thought God hated me as well. And I'm like, is this just life that God hates me, that I hate myself, that everything's terrible? But then all of a sudden, it was as if I was under a heavy curtain like in theaters. You know what I mean? As if someone dropped it on me for years. And all of a sudden, it started to lift a little bit. I'm like, <gasps> it was a breath of fresh air. And it was like, oh, this is what it is. This is what it is. This is, And, and then I started just realizing, because I, I, it was like almost like a shock for me of there weren't any tears. It was just like this sense of like opening your eyes for the first time, kind of like a puppy when it starts to open its eyes, when it's, a, you know, you know what I mean? Because you can be in darkness your whole life, and then all of a sudden you get a glimpse of light, and you're like, what is all this? This is amazing. Why didn't anyone tell me? And then later, within six months, I actually was healed of post-traumatic stress. I also had cancer at an, uh, a couple years before that in 2010, and I literally found out I had cancer, and then I didn't have cancer all within the span of a day which is kind of weird because my dog actually punched the cancer out of me and I passed it, but I didn't know that until a week later when the doctor came and checked in like, yeah, when you passed that tumor, um, we couldn't find any cancer. Because that very night when I found out I had cancer, I was in the shower and I said, God, and I was still depressed at this time, like heavily depressed, like I wanted to kill myself depressed. And I'm like, God, if this is the way you want to take me out, all right, just... If you want me to fight, I'll fight. If you want me alive, then I guess I'll stay alive. But if this is how I'm going, then please make it painless and as quick as possible. And then all of a sudden, I didn't have it because my dog punched me, which sounds strange, but that's the story. So it was, it's kind of like this weird stuff. I'm like, what is going on on this? So I just want to release this, this hope and that we don't hope in vain. We don't hope in vain. Even when it seems like we're the, just in the dark and we have this tiny little candle and we're like, is there a point to all of this? And I don't know what you guys are going through, what any of you are going through, whether it's financial difficulty, mental illness, physical pain, just hopelessness, anything. I just release peace and release hope to you because faith is the evidence of things hoped for. And I want you to know that my Jesus did those things for me. 
And whatever happens, I want you to know that that can be your Jesus as well, that he did things for you because he loves you. So, so good. Um, stay Back there, to Australia. If, I just want to know, is there anyone who, has, who, who is going through cancer at the moment? Or, or any of you may have a family member who's going through cancer. Okay, yeah, you and you too. All right. Um, James, you just want to pray over them, just, uh, just a real quick prayer. Um, and we're just going to pray for you um, and believe. And I'll, I'll, t- I'll share this quick testimony. Um, I got a, we went to a witchcraft festival sa- in Salem. And uh, I spoke to my girlfriend back home in Australia. And I said, hey, if you feel as though God's saying anything, um, do you want to um, let me know? And she said, I feel like you'll have a significant encounter with this name. So she gave me the name. So it was a guy's name like Justin or something like that. So throughout the whole day, I, um, I waited for this guy, and he never came. I never saw Justin. Three ladies sat in front of me, and then I felt the Holy Spirit say, this name is for one of them. So I said, hey, does the name um, Justin mean anything to you guys? And then this lady on the right says, yeah, that's my cousin's son, and he's in hospital right now. And, and then when she said hospital, I went into this, uh, I'll just say like a video, like a, like a picture, and I saw him in the hospital. I saw what he was struggling with, and I saw how long he has been there. So I was like, is he struggling with respiratory problems? And she's like, yeah. And I was like, has he been there for like three weeks? And then she, by that time, she's shocked, you know, and I'm shocked as well. Well, anyway, we say a prayer at that time. We say a prayer, a word from Australia to Salem, Massachusetts, to a kid who's thousands of miles away. We asked her to call and see how he was doing, no response. The next day, I'm on my way home from Salem, and I get a message from her, because I like to keep in contact with people to see how God works things out, yeah? I'm not a hit and run sort of a guy, (laughs) hit and run Christians. Um, And then I get a message from her, and she says that, you know, yesterday... Uh, they took the life support off. And I didn't know he was on life support, but I got really sad. You know, I got discouraged, and I was like, you know, what happened? What, what, you know, what took place with him? And she was like, no, you don't understand. Yesterday, when you prayed, he was on life support. Now he's no longer on life support. He wasn't completely healed, but a significant part of his healing took place. How does that happen? I don't know. But a centurion met Jesus and said, just say the word. So James, for these family members, just say the word. And just, if that's you, if you have a family member who's experiencing cancer, just, why don't you just lift up your hands so we can just pray for you, and you can extend your hands towards them as well. Oh, there's a number. Okay. So is there others? Is there, is there more than one? Is that you as well? Okay, you're just extending your hands. Okay, thanks. Yeah, they can stand. Um, would you guys just stand real quick? Because it's like, because I have the lights, so I can't really... Not that I need to see it, just I like to see your beautiful faces. Um, So, Father, I thank you that you are the great physician, that you've designed us without cancer in mind. That you designed every single cell, every microbe within our body, every single part of us. And so I speak healing and restoration in the name of Jesus, because cancer is a little C to the Mm. big C that is the creator. Yeah. Come on. And I say that you are accepted from the very tops of your head to the soles of your feet and every cell in between. And I say peace to that civil war within those bodies. Mm. 
and I curse cancer at its very root. Yes. Just yes. like Jesus said to the fig tree, mm. she will bear no more fruit, and it withered and died within a day. Come on. And if you can do that with a word, I say in the name of Jesus as an ambassador and a son. Come on. May it be so. In Jesus' yes. name. Amen. Amen. Come on. Thanks, James. Can we thank James? Yeah. Wow. Uh, Holly. Uh, Holly? Is that you? Yeah, could you stand up for a moment? You know, um, I was thinking about you, um, not because I like to, but I just, <laughs> I just wanted to say that there's a healing and a deliverance ministry on your life. And I know that you were just opened up to this, but this is something that is creating momentum in your life to actually continue doing this. So this is not just a one-time event, I felt the Lord saying, but this is something that you're going to be doing for the rest of your life, seeing captives set free and seeing the sick healed in Jesus' name. So if you just want to put out your hands, I want to pray for you. I feel the Holy Spirit just anointing you right now for that ministry. In Jesus' name, I release, Father Lord, a full impartation of healing and deliverance that's on our house, that's on my life. And I just release, Father God, in Jesus' name, in the shops, Father Lord, in their family, Father God, that the testimony of what you've done in our life would be released. And it would create momentum after momentum after momentum to see healing and deliverance wherever she goes. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. <coughs> Amen. Okay, I'm just curious, is there, um, just a sort of shot in the dark almost, but is there a Diego here? Diego? 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 Okay. All right. What was that? Dion? Who's Dion? Your husband? Where is he? Oh, hello. <laughs> Diego Dion. You know, you give a word of knowledge, left knee, and then, no, it's my right knee. We'll pray for it anyway. So why don't you stand up, friend? Dion, right? Dion. All right. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And Dion, I feel like, um, similar to what I said, but there is a momentum coming in your life, and it's not a start and stop thing. It's not something that's going to be going for a season, and then you're off season, and you're in season, you're off season. I feel like what God's establishing and doing in you is something that's going to thrust you into life. And where previously storms have come against you, and it's almost been like the storm literally pushed you down to the ground. I felt like God was giving you eagle wings, and the storm is going to cause you to elevate above. It's going to cause you to go higher into the presence of God, so those same things that come are no longer going to separate you from God, but they're going to push you into a higher place of pursuing His presence and pursuing His anointing and pursuing the truth of who you are. And I feel like there's even um, a, a greater love that's coming in your marriage, a greater love that's coming in your relationship together. I just felt like He was uniting you guys in in a similar, in a way to when you guys first met each other. I just felt like he was restoring love. And um, anything that was sort of, that felt like it was uh, almost in a lull, I felt like he was bringing that to come alive again. Because when you put your first love first, love naturally flows. And you fall in love in a greater way. Amen? So can we uh, just extend your hands to both of them? Father, in Jesus' name, I just release, Father God, your love your anointing in their relationship. I thank you, Lord, that what you brought together, no man shall separate. Yes. 
And I thank you, Father God, for love that unites the three-strand cord with you in the middle that cannot be easily broken. And I thank you, Lord, that though the storms and the winds come, that it would cause them to soar above the storm because of the anointing that you've released on their life. And we bless them in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Okay, I'm just going to take one more risk. Is that okay? I, told, uh, I taught the prophetic uh, yesterday and I said, if you're accurate but out of love, then you're wrong. But if you're not completely accurate but you're in love, you can always be right. So I teach that to the outreach teams that I lead back home. I always tell them, you can get name, date, birth, everything, but if you're not in love, then don't even open up your mouth. We need to love the people that we're speaking to, amen, because that's what needs to happen. So I just want to ask, speak to me, Lord, um, does, the, does anyone have a birthday or an anniversary on May 1987? Does that mean anything to anyone? Birthday, anniversary, May 1987. Have some of you forgotten your anniversary? <laughs> we can pray for that as well. Okay. All right. That's okay. Well, anyway, come back, Holy Spirit. All right. We're going to, um, I'm going to teach on something, preach on something this morning that I really feel is God's place to my heart. And I feel like I'm speaking to a bigger audience than just yourselves. Because it's almost like when I'm speaking, I see what's almost behind you. I, I, it's almost like I see the multitude on the other side of your obedience. And I just want to play this part, the small part that I have this morning, to help propel and accelerate you into everything that God's purpose for you. And we're going to pray for some people um, that we feel as though God's highlighted. And we're going to have some ministry time. Amen? What was your name? Brian. Brian. Brian, sorry, I just, you know, sometimes I get interrupted, but I feel like there's a deliverance ministry on your life as well. And when I, when I, when I saw you earlier, I, it was almost like I felt like I saw anointing flowing from your head. It was almost weird, but it was like down towards your beard. But I felt like there was a fresh oil of anointing coming to your life. And it was a fresh encounter with His Holy Spirit that was going to empower you to live the life that you were born to live. Yeah, so I just bless you with that, Brian. Is that your wife as well? We bless them in Jesus' name. We bless their marriage. We bless, Father Lord, what you've brought together. And I thank you, Father God, that you're going to cause them, Father Lord, to ride the wind of heaven. You're going to, it's almost like I saw you just like uh, your time with God and riding bikes and just, you know, sort of finding landscape and scenery. I just thank you, Lord, uh, even for rest in, uh, rest in their personal life, God. I thank you, Lord, that you're, you're releasing anything, Father Lord, um, that is on their shoulders. And I thank you that you're releasing peace, the shalom peace of heaven, into their relationship, into their lives, and into their family. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Bless you guys. All right. Okay. You ready? Thank you, Pastor. I'll just preach to you this morning. The rest of you ready? Okay. All right. Can an Australian teach you some things? I learned a lot from you. I hope you can learn something from me. But today I want to talk about defeating the invisible giant. When you go out and do ministry, when you um, step out into the things that God calls you to do, 
there's some giants in the land that we need to overcome. And I want to, if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to 1 Samuel 17.11. It is a story of David and Goliath, and I want you to know this. David and, the David and Goliath story is not just a great Sunday school message. It is a prophetic picture of the destiny that the church was called to walk out in this time and season, and particularly for the church in this, in this nation during this time. That there are some Goliaths that are taunting, intimidating, and causing the church to be paralyzed in fear, and we need to recapture this message to believe that the God that we serve is greater than the enemy that's against us. Amen? So in 1 Samuel 17, 11, they're at the battlefield. Israel's there. The Philistines are there. And, and Goliath is mocking them. And it says this in uh, chapter 17, verse 11. When Saul and all Israel heard the words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. They were overcome by the taunts and the tactics and the intimidation of the enemy. Sometimes when we step out into the things that God calls us to do, we do not obey because we're fearful of what's going to happen when we step over the other side. Sometimes when God calls your church out of the boat, you don't fully step out because you're scared you're going to sink into the water. Sometimes when Jesus says, Go and feed the multitude. You start rationalizing it and figuring out how you're going to do it. Should we go to the market, Lord, or should we buy more? But how many know that we serve a God who is not filled with fear? And when God lives in you, it's not, it, fear and faith cannot cohabit. One must expel the other. The same way that Christians can't live in love and hate. One must expel the other. That's why it says in 1 John, if you, still have, if you still hate a brother, you're still walking in darkness. Right? It's the same way with faith and fear. When God lives inside of you, uh, Kenneth Copeland, a prophet uh, who I respect, says this, that fear tolerated is faith contaminated. And a lot of the reasons why we don't step out is because we're fearful. But today in Jesus' name, we're breaking that off of you. And I'm, we're breaking it off of you because it's been broken off of my life. I am not afraid. And I want to ask you this question to introduce my message. What would your life look like if you were no longer afraid? Young people, what would your life look like if you were no longer afraid in your schools, in your colleges? What would your life look like if you, never, if you no longer felt the need to conform to the culture of your school? but were transformed to the word, and instead of being conformed, you were a culture transformer. What would it look like if you were no longer afraid? God, is in, God has called us and intended us to live a life without fear. It's not just a great song, friends. It is the truth of the word. We are no longer slaves to fear because we are a child of God. It, the song has gone all across the world, but sometimes we haven't caught the revelation yet. I'm no longer a slave to fear, because I am a child of God. Because I'm no longer a slave to fear, 
Because we are a child of God. We sing it and we walk out and God asks us to pray for someone like, I'm not sure. (laughs) What if they don't get healed? This is the thing. If you don't kill the Goliaths in your life, they will kill you and they'll destroy the destiny that's on your life. And I don't mean to be blunt, but it's it's as real as that. If we don't deal with this thing, we will never step into the fullness of of what God has for us. So I want to give you four quick points that I believe are going to empower you to live a life without fear, to step into the supernatural, to be bold, and to live the life that God's destined you to live. Is that okay? All right. 1 Samuel 17, 34 to 35, it says this. So David comes up to Saul. He sees this Goliath and something's different. All of Israel's paralyzed in fear, but he sees an opportunity. Amen? That's the difference between people, great evangelists, maybe like Todd White. He's not anything great, so to speak, but he's a man who's willing to step out in faith. Amen? Some people see a problem and other people see an opportunity. And what we've been trained at as Global Awakening is when we see someone who's down, when we see someone who's sick, when we see someone who's ailed, we believe that the God in us is greater than that sickness. And we believe that stepping out in faith, we can see God's miracles come alive in our daily life. So in First Samuel, David says to Saul, Your servant was tending his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear took the lamb from the flock, I went out after him and attacked him and rescued it from its mouth. And when he rose up against me, I seized him by his beard, not Brian's beard, but I seized him by his beard and struck him and killed him. He's making a case for why he wants to do this thing. Sometimes we make a case for why we don't want to do it. David was different. So here's the first point. The secret to victory over fear is victory in the secret place. The secret to victory over fear is victory in the secret place. The secret place is where you build intimacy with him through prayer, through reading the word, through revelation, through soaking in his presence. Leonard Ravenhill, a great prayer man, uh, once had a quote, and it said this, a man who is intimate with God will never be intimidated by man. We have a lot of people who are intimidated by man because they're not really intimate with God. That's how David could stay confident despite him being crowded with fear. He had a secret place with God where he, had, where he had killed the lion, he had killed the bear. Therefore, it gave him confidence to believe that God was going to do it again. Amen? Amen? What's the point and how does it relate to this story? David had victory before he, even ste- before he ever stepped down into the battlefield. He already knew who he was serving. He knew his identity and he had victory on the ba- battlefield. One of your great sports people is Michael Jordan. How many of you know Michael Jordan? How many of you love him? I love him too. You know, you think about Michael Jordan, how do you think he won all those game-winning shots? He took them. Do you think he just decided at, you know, 20 seconds left in the game, hey, coach, just put me up there, I'll just give it a shot and we'll see how we go? No. Michael Jordan had practiced those shots over and over and over and over and over again before he was ever At an NBA championship level, he was out when no one was looking, practicing, practicing. 
He took those game-winning shots before he ever took a game-winning shot. The point is, is that he, had a, he mastered a principle that David was living, and it was victory in the secret place. To him, it was practice. But sometimes I wonder, what would the church look like if they prayed just as much as Michael Jordan practiced basketball? I wonder what our lives would look like if we spent time with God as much as he practiced those game-winning shots. He didn't become a six-time NBA championship out of fluking it. He had a secret place where he practiced. We, too, need to have a secret place where we have personal relationship with God. Is that okay? Yeah. Are you still with me? Yeah. Okay. Someone say, victory, victory. In, the in the secret place. Turn to the person next to you and say, that's for your face. Say it in love. First Samuel 17, 36, and my next point. David says this, Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. This is the second point. You need to know that the God who is in you is greater than the Goliath who is against you. You need... In, in your time, in, in the political t- climate and the, the culture and the things that are happening in your country, you need to know that there are some Goliaths that are torning out, that are causing the church to sometimes be paralyzed in fear. But you are not one of those who are called to be paralyzed in fear. That's why I'm saying that David and Goliath is a prophetic picture because there are Goliaths in the land that you need to step out. And unless you step out, they may not be overcome. I believe in the sovereignty of God, but I believe that you have what the world needs. And unless you go out, they may never know. You need to know that when you step out, that the God who is in you is greater than the Goliath who is against you. I love what he said. He said, this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. He didn't say because you defiled me. This wasn't just personal, it was spiritual. Sometimes we take things too personally. And we become offended. And we lose the anointing because instead of stepping into love and seeing that as an opportunity to step into love, we step into offense. And I'm telling you right now, people of God, that will disable you like a disabled thing. (laughs) Cut that out of the video. The battle against fear is not a physical one, it is a spiritual one, friends. You need to know that in Ephesians it says that we war not against flesh and blood, but against rulers and principalities. And unless the people of God stand up here in Elm, Pennsylvania, we're going to just let fear rule. What what the church doesn't occupy, the enemy terrorizes. When we don't step in to where God's called us to be, we let the enemy have his rule and reign. So we need to step up. I don't like that, but we do. 1 John 4, 4 says that you have already won a victory over these people because the spirit that is in you is greater than the spirit who lives in the world. Amen? Um, And just to share, um, it was a few years ago, I was listening to a guy named Sean Bowles. He's a prophet um, and a great guy. Um, and I was there 4.30 in the morning, and after I'd listened to him, I felt like God told me, I'm going to break fear off of your life. How many of you know that's great at 4.30 in the morning, you know, like when you want to sleep? Like, really, now? 
Couldn't you do it tomorrow morning when I wake up at 11? <laughs> or maybe three, depending on how I feel. And I felt God say that I'm going to break fear off of your life. And then what happened is that he took me back to a moment where fear entered into my life. Took me back to that initial stage. I was a young boy like you. Yeah, come up here, man. Yeah, yeah, you. No, the girl behind you. Come on. Are you single, man? Uh, no. Let's pray for him. No. <laughs> come here. Come here. Quick, quick. I was a young boy like this, and God brought me back to this mo- How old are you? 17. Oh, you're too old. Um, no, I'm just joking. <laughs> he brought me back to a moment when I was young and where fear had entered into my life. And I was walking into the bottom of my house, and as I was walking, I looked to my left, and then I saw a black physical thing. I'm not talking about imagination. I know what that is. I, 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 I saw a f- real physical thing, and it was scary. It, was fear- it wasn't real, but it turned and it looked at me, and I suddenly got afraid. I ran underneath because I didn't know what it was, but I knew that I was like fear just struck. And I went into my couch, I was young, uh, you don't know my story, but mom and dad, dad wasn't there, mom was hardly there, and I was just shaking, I had no one, no family. The only family I have in Australia is me and my mom, because she ran away when I was young. So I'm just shaking in fear, I don't know what to do. I'm, and and I, I, I hear the door open, like, and I hear something walk in, and then I'm closing my eyes, squinting, it's standing right in front of me, and by this time, I'm really afraid. I didn't know what to do. I opened up my eyes, and my dog is there. (laughs) And God brought me back to that moment, and he told me this is where the spirit of fear had had entered into your life. But instead of seeing that moment, I saw what happened in the spiritual realm. So I saw that black thing, and it came, and as it entered into the door, God himself, an angel of light, was standing there. And instead of him coming in, he repelled him away, and he sent my dog to comfort me. It puts a new spin on God is always there. He will never leave you nor forsake you. And that moment began a journey for me of being completely delivered from fear. Amen? And I believe that fear is breaking off of your life. Yeah? That you're no longer going to be no longer going to be dominated by fear because God's called you like he called Gideon to be bold and courageous. Yeah? You're going to be one that's going to... Sh- you in school? College? No. Is this your last year of school? I'm a junior. What's that mean? <laughs> I'm from Australia. <laughs> I'm 11th grade. 11th grade. So you've got two more years. Yeah. You've got two more years to step out in faith and to see that school radically transform to Jesus. And today is your moment to be broken off of fear. Amen? Okay, what was your name again? Zane. Zane. You got a girlfriend too. I remember that. All right. We've got to teach these young people. No, I'm just joking. (laughs) I'm just joking. I have one too, so we're in the same boat. Um, Next point. 1 Samuel 17.37, okay? So first, what was the first point? Victory in the secret place. The second point, the God who is for you is greater than the Goliath who is against you. Third point, 1 Samuel 17, 37, says this, The Lord who has rescued me from the paw of the lion, from the paw of the bear, will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, Go and the Lord be with you. This is what you need to know. The Lord who reigns in victory over your history, reigns in victory over your destiny. Sometimes we look at our history, 
and we thank God and we look at our destiny and we're like, oh God. He reigns in victory in both realms of space. He's outside of time. He's in eternity. But you need to know that the victory that he won on the cross is not just for you when you're in your 30s. It is forever and ever until you see Jesus face to face. Amen? And some of you, like David, need to remember what God had delivered you from. I know that some of you are facing some things, and we're going to pray for some people, and we're going to see some people set free. But you need to remember this, is that, like David said, you know, he had rescued me from the nasty paw of the lion and the bear. Some of you need to remember that God rescued you from the nasty paw of your sin, from the nasty paw of some relationships that you went through that weren't right. He rescued you from the nasty paw of your own anger. Some of you need to remember what God has done because it's going to give you the faith to believe that God is going to do it again. He's not the Alpha and the Alpha. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. What He begun in you, He wants to complete in you, and I believe He will finish it in you if you allow Him to. I came from a Pentecostal church in Philadelphia, so <laughs> forgive me. The thing is, is that David knew not just who he was fighting against, he knew who he was fighting for. When you go out and do street ministry, when you go and you feel like God's asking you to pray for someone, uh, like the story I shared with the lady on the plane or the people in Salem Witchcraft Festival or wherever you are, some of you need to remember not, who, not just who you're against, but who is for you. When you know who is for you, it should give you the authority to know that nothing can be against you. Amen? Amen. My last point. 1 Samuel 17, 48, 49, it says this. So it was, when the Philistine arose and came and drew near to meet David, David hurried and ran towards the army to meet the Philistine. Then David put his hand in his bag. He took out a stone and he slung it and he struck the Philistine in his forehead. Someone say forehead. forehead. So that the stone sank into his forehead. Someone say forehead. forehead. I don't know why, but say it. And he fell on his face to the earth. My last point is what you were born to do comes out of being who you were born to be. What you were born to do comes out of being who you were born to be. And friends, here's a little secret. You weren't born to be fearful. You were fearfully and wonderfully made, but you were not born to live with fear. When you are experiencing sickness, when you're going through marriage difficulties, when you're wondering, who am I going to marry? You're not born to live oppressed by fears. You're born to be liberated. And that's what Jesus bought for you on the cross. And I want you to know that as I share this, that my dream is to see the church live fearless. It really is. It's, it's something that burns in my heart. And we're going to pray for some people in a moment. But I want you to know that this is real to me. Because for many years of my Christian life, I lived most of it. I lived overcome by fear. I couldn't step out in faith like some of the stories I've shared and stories I haven't been able to share with you. I wouldn't been able to speak up here because I'd be so riddled with fear. So I want you to know that I'm not just up here being confident to be arrogant, but I'm up here because God did something in my life. And it makes me confident that he can do it in yours. So I come from a place where I'm sitting in exactly the same chair of you, as, as you guys have sat in. But I want you to know that there's victory in Jesus' name.
I want you to know that there's victory over fear. That you no longer need to be riddled by that thing because we have overcome. Greater is in you than he who is in the world. Amen? I want you to stand on your feet. You know, the thing about the story with David and Goliath is that God was just looking for one. It almost grieves my heart to think that all of Israel was standing there and God was looking for someone who cho- so, so he could show himself strong to. I thank God for David. Because if there wasn't a David, there wouldn't have been a Goliath defeated. And some of you here today are facing some Goliaths. Some of you here today have been running into a wall, and it's almost been like an invisible giant. And I feel like there's a call this morning to be free from fear. And I feel like God wants to settle this once and for all, like he settled in my life so that you're no longer riddled by that. God is looking for the one. He only needs one. But I believe in this place that there's more than one. I believe that this message, when I speak this message, I believe God gave me to speak it at certain places because there are Davids. And I believe as I spoke this that there are Davids in this place. You see the, you see the Goliath, and maybe you've been overcome by fear. Maybe you've been like Israel. But I believe, I'm here today to prophetically speak to you that you weren't called to be like Israel in that sense. You are a David, and you were born to slay the giants in your life. And really quickly, if you're going to say, if you say, God, I want to say yes to no longer living the fear. I want to be free from this thing, and I want to be empowered not to be overcome by intimidation. I want you to quickly come down to the front. I don't even want you to think. I just want you to, if that's you, I just want you to, I invite you to come forward really quickly. And if you're here, just put out your hands. Just increase your power, Holy Spirit. Lord, I just thank you. Father, I thank you. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, we break off fear. Now in Jesus' name, break off every bit of fear. In Jesus' name. We thank you that perfect love casts out all fear. So we invite perfect love, increase your power, Holy Spirit, increase your anointing in Jesus' mighty name. We thank you, Lord, that we are no longer slaves to fear. Increase your anointing, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I thank you, Lord, that you're breaking this off once and for all. I thank you, Lord, that perfect love casts out every bit of fear, that we will no longer live intimidated. And some of you right now, even as I'm speaking, he's bringing you into the moment where fear first entered into your life. And he's saying that I was there. And he's replacing fear with faith. So in Jesus' name. We just command all fear to leave. 
I take authority over this place. I bind every principality of fear and intimidation. And I say it no longer has a hold over Elm, Pennsylvania. It no longer has a hold over Newport Church because there is a destiny of a supernatural life that you're called to walk in. And unless fear is broken off, you may not ever enter into it. But today in Jesus' name is a divine appointment for you. In Jesus' name now, Lord, just increase your power, increase your anointing. Father, I thank you, Lord, for breaking off fear that even entered into her childhood, Father God. From situations that really made her fearful. In Jesus' name, we just break the power of those things. Break every power. Say no longer has a hold of you in Jesus' name. So I thank you for deliverance. And I just saw him taking you to those moments as a child. It was almost like there's authority in your life that had made you really fearful. And at times you just had to sort of be obedient out of fear. But I just heard the father saying that he's a good, good father. He's a good, good father to you. And he's not like your natural father. He loves you. So, Father, increase your anointing, increase your power, increase your presence in Jesus' mighty name. Our ministry, is our ministry team is floating around. I just would encourage you as they pray for you to really listen to what they're saying because these are some of the most sensitive people to the Holy Spirit that I know. for a moment just quickly pray just thank God if you can speak in tongues speak in tongues thank you Holy Spirit in Jesus mighty name I thank you for a fresh baptism baptism of love a baptism of love in Jesus name over you in the purple right there baptism of love fire in Jesus name or at least the fire of your presence in Jesus name increase your anointing increase your fire increase your power in Jesus name I speak a full impartation of boldness over you there he is Holy Spirit just fill Fill, fill, fill in the name of Jesus. Fill her up to the overflow. Now in Jesus' name, break every bit of fear. Break every fear. Break every fear in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. going to invite you to just, uh, if you're done praying, um, can we just make some space? Can we move back a little? So those who are in the front, just take a step back. You can stay there. If you're in the presence of God, just stay there. But ministry team, could you just come here? Um, I feel like there, I, I just want to pray for the young people. I've been up since two praying for you because I feel like God wants to move in your life in a way that you never have before so I want if you're young like what's young here under 21 just come up to the front just fill the front really quickly all the young people just go yeah college age and younger okay and brother I'm just going to play a song I thank you for 
So just line up real quickly. Come, come, come. Let's go. Come. Yeah. I had a song that I've been praying over you, and I believe as I play this song that you're going to experience an encounter with the Holy Spirit. Because, Pastor, I believe that this is a mission-sending church. You've supported people out in the mission field, but there are people in this church that are called to be sent out. So I'm going to play this. I want you to just close your eyes and put out your hands. And I believe there's going to be an impartation this morning of boldness because some of you are called to the nations. And some of you first will reach this nation. But I'm just going to play this and I want you to just listen to the words. We can turn that up. Father, in Jesus' name, over these young people, I pray for the fire of God to wreck them like you wrecked my life. I was a nominal Christian, but you encountered me, and I pray this moment is a day of encounter. Even the kids, if you have kids, bring them up in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, fire of the presence of God. This is your moment, girl. This is your moment. Increase your power. Increase your anointing. At 5 o'clock in the morning, I heard the Lord say to me over your young people, who will go? I heard that question in my heart, and then I started praying. I heard who will go. And God is asking you this morning, will you go? Will you go? Will you go? There are nations that are waiting for you. There are Amish people, Mennonites people waiting for you. Your family is waiting for you, man of God. He's asking you, will you go? Davids. And if you say that you're going to be a David, I just want you to say, yes, Lord. Just say, yes, Lord. With your mouth, young people, just say, yes, Lord. Say, yes, Lord. Use me in Jesus' name. Use me in Jesus' mighty name. Use me in Jesus' name. Hands and feet, Father God. He's calling you forth in Jesus' name. Calling you forth in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, church, pray for them. Just pray for them. Extend your hand. Father, in Jesus' name, increase your anointing. Increase your power. Increase your anointing. Increase your power right now in Jesus' name. Full impartation of boldness. Full impartation of boldness in Jesus' mighty name. God's marked you, young man. In Jesus' name, God's marked you. Fill, 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 fill. Fill in Jesus' name. Fire God. Fire God. Fire God on you. Jesus' mighty name. Fire God in Jesus' name.
church, I want you to come forward. Come. If, you, if your kid's here, I want you to stand next to them. But this is what you need to know. That as I'm praying for them, I'm not just praying because God is only using them. But I believe God is activating them. But I feel like you guys need to pray over them. Because you are the spiritual mothers and fathers in this church. So pray. Pray for them like they're your own. Pray. Find a, find a young person and put your hand on them. Pray for them like they're your own. Go ahead, pray, come on. Pray passionately. Pray like this is your child. Pray like this is life or death. I feel like God has called you and commissioned you as burning ones. The Lord showed me that there's a burning ones company that's here. God has called you guys. He's sending you out to nations. There's a number of you. There's some of you guys that are going to Chile. There's some who are going to, um, there's some who are going to Cambodia. There's some who have callings in Africa and Morocco. And there's some who have callings in France. But I feel like God is calling you guys out and he's sending you out. So right now, God, we release the fire of God over this company right now in Jesus' name. We call them out. We call them out, God. We say the grace that God is releasing you. We say, God, that you're just bringing the fullness of who you are over these ones. We say, Holy Spirit, release the prophetic calling on these ones. There's about to be a prophetic release that's coming over you guys. The spirit of creativity. There's dancers, there's artisans in this group who God's going to send out to release the kingdom of heaven in those places. So Holy Spirit, we say, put your fire on these ones now, Holy Spirit. Release these ones to be burning ones now in Jesus' name. More Lord. So I keep my
I feel like God is still doing something. So I just want you to engage. Stay in the moment. Even if no one comes up to you and prays for you, I just want you to say, have your own prayer to God and say, God, use me. Use me. Can you say that? Just say, God, use me. If that's the cry of your heart, just say, God, use me. Use me. Use me for your glory. generation God I thank you that you're using them you're using them in Jesus name I feel the Lord wants to fill you in greater measure with greater power but he is expecting and he's waiting that you ask so from your heart I highly encourage you guys ask right now this is your day of the encounter. This is the day of more water in your life. This is, more, this is a day of more miracles, more visions, and more purpose in your life as never before. We are here. He is here. Jesus is here. So from your heart, ask, ask what you want. Ask what you want. He wants to give you what you want from your heart. More, Lord, more, Lord, released over these people, over all these nations, over all these purpose and destinies, what they are asking today. With thirsty, you are hungry, you are thirsty, He's giving you more. Release, Holy Spirit, in double portion, what they are asking right now. And we release the boldness, we impart over them what you already impart over us, in Jesus' name, calling of nations. In Jesus' name, you are worthy to ask. You are worthy to ask. Don't think that it's a lot. Don't think that it's a lot. Don't feel that it's too much for you. He has greater He has greater plans for you. Ask Him right now from your heart. More, Lord. More, Lord. More, Lord. 
in Jesus' name. More in Jesus' name. As you stay in this moment, because God is still moving, don't disengage. Don't disengage. Just stay in the moment, because God is moving. Increase your power, Lord. But in Malachi, he said that he would turn the hearts of the children to the fathers and the mothers. And he would turn the hearts of the fathers towards the children. So what's happening in this moment is that you're getting God's hearts, a family in the church. And I want to invite the spiritual father of this house to pray over you. I haven't known this guy as long as you have, but I know one thing, that he's not just a pastor, but he's a father. He genuinely cares for your well-being. He genuinely cares for you. And I want you to recognize the type of man that God has brought into your community. So I want you to just go, pastor, go ahead and pray. Lord, in the name of Jesus, would you just keep on doing what you're doing here this morning? Would you just keep on? Lord, we're not giving up. We're, we're not shrinking back. We're not, we're not done. We're not satisfied, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Lord, you're burning out fear this morning in the name of Jesus. Lord, we're declaring our freedom today in, in Jesus' name from fear. We're declaring our, our freedom today in Jesus' name from the chains that are holding us back. In Jesus' name, we're declaring our unity today as a church family, standing together, standing together, loving each other as the family of God, as a church family, and declaring our unity that that the devil cannot separate. And, and we declare that there is no division here in the name of Jesus, that you are binding and and unifying this church and this family together as we have never been before, Lord. We declare unity today. We declare common purpose and vision today in the name of Jesus. We declare our freedom today in Jesus' name. Lord, this is not just a one-day thing, a one-hour thing, a one-church service thing. But, Lord, this continues from today. This continues this week, this month, this year, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Would you burn it deep into our DNA? Would you burn it deep into our souls Lord, that we are set free today in Jesus' name. We declare freedom today in Jesus' name over, over each one of our family members. We declare freedom over uh, the, the struggles from which we've been, we've been uh, uh, dealing with, Lord. We declare cut and broken chains today in the name of Jesus. Fear be gone in Jesus' name. Fear be gone in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. And I want to give it corporately so people know. When I gave the word Diego, it wasn't a name, but she said, could it mean San Diego? And I believe it does because what I had next to Diego is that this man was called by God at a young age and set apart. And your son's there, right? So I just release over you. I felt like God was highlighting your son. And he wants you to know that he was called by God at a young age and set apart. But I want you to know that he's got him. And he's carrying him. And I just, even over you, in Jesus' name, I release peace. I release a shalom, peace of heaven. To sit like the Father sat, even when the Son went in an opposite direction. But I know that your heart is welcoming him with open arms whenever he comes back. But I want you to know that God's got him. He called him apart at a young age, and he set him apart. And that call is going to take him into salvation. In Jesus' mighty name, we bless you. Amen.
Some of you are feeling a burden for the lost afresh. Sometimes you can't go unless you feel what God feels. So some of you, what's happening is God is giving you fresh eyes to see. So that family that you always walk past and you didn't notice, I saw you guys looking at them again. It was almost like the compassion of God was in your heart. You began to see brokenness. You began to see people who were lost without Jesus. I saw you young people going back into your schools and young men, instead of seeing girls as potential whatevers, I saw you seeing them and speaking life into them. I saw you going, hey man, hey, you may have never have heard this before, but I want you to know that you're loved and it's not because I want you, it's because God loves you unconditionally. I saw you giving young, young men, why don't you just lift up your hands, young men? Young men, yeah, you, lift up your hands for a moment. I just saw you guys looking at women in your uh, college campuses and school, and I saw you seeing them with the eyes of love. I saw you seeing them as God sees them. And I saw you, instead of leading them to yourselves, leading them to Christ, because Christ is in you. So Father, in Jesus' name, I pray that you just make that real to them right now in this moment. Make it real to each and every single one of them. Make it real in Jesus' name. Jesus' mighty name. Nineteen ninety-eight. Who was born in nineteen ninety-eight? Nineteen ninety-eight. Raise up your hands high, because God's calling you guys out. So hold up your hands. Yeah. Holy Spirit, come and touch these ones. Come and touch these ones. I mean, even as you guys were born right before the turn of a generation, God's calling you guys to be ones who turn the generation. He's called you guys to be ones who like are ones who are cultural shifters and cultural transformers. And this isn't just like a word for anyone like all over the world, but this is something specifically for you guys in this house. Yeah, you guys are called to be set on fire, and God's releasing wisdom over you guys, a spirit of wisdom over you guys, to be able to transform culture in the places you guys are going to go into. Some of you guys are called to go into business, and God is calling you guys out to be ones who transform and shift culture, and he's placing an ability on you guys to be able to operate and access heaven and who he is and walk with him to be able to see who he is and be able to walk with him in the things he's saying and doing. So right now, Holy Spirit, we just release your presence over those ones now in Jesus' name. And Holy Spirit, we say fill them up and just release intimacy and communion with you, God, over these ones. Just touch them and take them over, Holy Spirit. Take them deeper in who you are. And God, for what you're doing in this room on these ones, these burning ones, God, we say double it now in Jesus' name. Take them up and take them in, Holy Spirit, to a deeper place in who you are. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for more of your presence just coming over them, God. We release you to just release your presence and your, and your ministers of heaven, God, to come and minister to these ones, God. So more Holy Spirit, more over these ones now, God. Um, we're going to continue praying for people. Uh, some of my friends got a word of knowledge. If there's Amanda or a Simon here, um, I want you to come and see her. She's going to pray for you. Um, we're going to stay here and continue praying. Um, so if some of you are struggling with depression, even some mental health stuff, I know there's some people here experiencing that. We're going to stay here and pray, and James is going to be here to pray for deliverance. If you need healing, I want you to, to come up and uh, receive prayer. Those of you who are experiencing the Holy Spirit, don't leave this moment. This is precious, okay? Don't short-circuit what He's doing. Stay here as long as you need to, but the rest of you are dismissed, but we'll be here. We're going to pray until the cows come home. Amen.
in all that I am. If you long.